0: Welcome everybody. My name is anna Kasakultima, and this is Games Now podcast. Games Now is an open lecture series run by Alto University on hot topics in games. We follow trends in game design, technology, business, game art, as well as game research to understand the wide fabric of phenomena impacting the global game industry. Since 2013, our Open Lecture Series has been inviting different game experts around the globe to share their insights on what is current in their line of work. This podcast is now looking back on those topics. Looking back. On the Looking Back Series of Games Now podcast, we are revisiting some of our lectures and reflecting with the speakers what has happened between now and then. On the second podcast of the Looking Back series, we chat with Tatu Laine from Future Play Games. In his detailed and very informative lecture from 2018, Tatu was exploring the design of idle games. Tatu has worked on games since 2011, starting from educational games, and 2016 onwards working on free-to-play mobile games. He has a long history of volunteering in the Finnish Game Jam and the ITDA Finland associations. Tatu is now working on the design of merge gardens at Future Play, building the next hit game. Let's go and listen what Tatu had to say about his lecture from four years ago. Welcome back to Games Now, Tatu. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. It's been, I don't remember how many years, if I would guess, maybe four or five since the lecture about idle games. And yeah. I'm doing good. Still working on mobile games very much.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Your lecture was on, on 2018. I think it was in November. Mm-hmm. And the topic was idle games deep dive. Mm. Uh, but what are you working right now? What What is the thing that you're now working at?
1: Right now, I'm working in the merge genre of mobile games, Mm -hmm. which seems to be the latest kind of genre that is up and coming and getting bigger.
0: Yeah, we seem to be
1: yeah we seem to be at future play always kind of riding the wave of new genres for mobile games coming out. So. Very much focused on that.
0: Do you have a project that is out currently or is it like coming out soon?
1: Yeah, we have a, it's called Birch Gardens. It's been out over two years. And I think pretty much everyone at the company is now focusing on that. So it's by far our most successful game. And there's so much to do still for the game. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, So you have been on the game industry quite a while now. Where did you actually start from?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, 11 years, maybe. Oh, wow. Uh, I started studying in 2009 in Turku University of Applied Sciences with the goal of getting into games industry. Yeah. At the time, uh, Angry Birds was like the hit. And it kind of became realistic that there can be a career in the games (laughs) industry. Uh, So then I started to try and work my way towards that and found myself... uh, as an entrepreneur in the games industry, at first for five years, then I uh-huh. mo- moved over to Helsinki, and applied for a job and landed one at Future Play, and there I've been there since six yeah. and a half years.
0: So you've been comfortable and liking this company pretty much. Mm. Yes, yeah. I
1: think it's quite rare that you you get to be uh, happy in a games company for so long. So,
0: <laughs> so um, uh, basically. You have been an entrepreneur before, but now you are part of a company that you don't have to run all the operations. Yeah. W- w- how does it feel for you after kind of uh, five years of entrepreneurship, then moving to someone else's company?
1: I think uh, was, yeah, six years ago, the t- transition was quite easy because future play quite small at the time, 11 people. I think I was the 11th employee. Right. Yeah. Startup, very organic, no hierarchy really. You can define and affect a lot of what you're focusing on and why and doing things. Now we're over fifty people. There's more structure because mm. there has to be structure when you become a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's a little bit different, uh, but it's in its own way. It's been very interesting, and it's also been very interesting to see the growth from those ten people to fifty plus. Yeah, that's and see all of the, what it what it requires.
0: That's, that's an amazing journey to yeah. kind of be part of that.
1: Yeah, I think, so. again, a rare chance to be able to be in that kind of a situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how has the pandemic treated you and FuturePlay Games? Oh, how yeah. was the experience?
1: Um, personally, uh, maybe two sides to this personal and then the kind of business mm. or company side yeah, of things. Yeah. Personally, as a designer, your job is to communicate a lot of things to a lot of different disciplines, and make sure that we're creating the same game. So at first, when we all moved into remote working, I was pretty scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is my job going to be like twice as hard now? Uh, and the first weeks was a bit stressful, but then it was all okay again. I think everyone kind of after adjusted. two
0: weeks. Yeah, only <laughs> wow. two weeks
1: we we started like with the virtual offices online and start like really be mindful about the communication and it turned out fine in the end then like company-wise business-wise games mobile games have been quite enduring what's the word
0: persistent persistent (laughs) against any
1: kind of big world events right so business as usual during the pandemic people even played more mobile games than than before yeah. So there was a bit of a, like an uptick. You could even see in our games, uh, you could clearly see an uptick during the pandemic. So very, very lucky to be working in the games industry during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the other creative fields kind of got the hit much bigger than the game industry. Yeah, for maybe. sure. Yeah. Um, what was the kind of the was the uptick based on the kind of early months of the pandemic, or how this how did that show in the metrics?
1: Yeah, I think it was early, maybe first six months of pandemic. Yeah. Then it started being the status quo again or maybe yeah. sure what well, not sure what's happening or so on. On the market on the whole is still growing like games are growing. I don't know the situation right now because the economy is in a uh, difficult place at the moment. I don't <laughs> really? know if the games industry in, in numbers is it growing at the moment, yeah. but it's just keep on growing like it has. For many, many years.
0: Yeah. So 2018 is is like a world apart from today. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's four years ago that you were with us in games now. And we're going to check one clip from your uh, lecture, which is uh, two hours long, but we're going to take about 10 minutes mm-hmm. or so. And then look at this deep dive of, of idle games and then reflect on that oh. in a deep dive way deep dive way again i guess in, in in the reflection part so let's let's go to the clip
1: sounds interesting then at the same time a lot of these idle games started to appear on congregate which is a game portal website and you can kind of start to imagine like a few some years ago Uh, people's behavior on their computers. They might be playing some some game that doesn't maybe require the full attention, or maybe they're watching YouTube, maybe they're chatting and whatever. So there's a kind of a slot of time what you could be spending by playing a game. And usually these games games then ended up being some clicker or idle games that are open in one of your browser tabs. And a lot of those games uh, originally came from Congregate. So games like Clicker Heroes or Adventure Capitalist, something you just play a little bit every now and then, always have it open. You can see your progress and so on and so on. But yeah, usually the main thing you're doing is something completely different. But Congregate kind of became the uh, kind of origin for these games, also in a way that the Congregate had monetization. Uh, you would be what could be watching ads or buying resources. So, once there's a market for these games, so of course, these kind of games start to appear more because um, the developer developers can actually start making money out of those games. Uh, fast forward to this year. This is just like on the weekend when I went into Google Play and typed idle, and because the idle mechanics are kind of simple, you can pretty much make any game based on any theme. So here you can see examples, there's a Weed game, Prison Tycoon, Idle Heroes, Mine Crusher, Tower Tycoon, Building Castles, Idle Balls, which is an interesting one. If you check out the developer Voodoo, which is a kind of this new type of hyper-casual developers, you can see a lot of the games are like super small, maybe made in two weeks and then they just release it. Usually, it might be that it's something that doesn't work, or usually it might be something like Idle Balls, which has millions of downloads. And for some reason, it's really compelling and fun to play. There's Tower Defense, Shop, all kinds of things. There's another page here. Again, as an example, this is just the first pages of Google Play, but you you can probably find like thousands of these titles nowadays. Of course, they do vary in quality quite a lot because it doesn't take much to do mm-hmm. an idle game. You could do one as a, like a student project and then just release it. Of course, there's a lot of those kinds of games. Then there's all, uh, also on the other spectrum, there's these idle games that are so, like super polished and super uh, have a lot of features and that kind of stuff. That's uh, more, more of the kind of style that we've been actually doing. So there's some examples of... Uh, You will find idle games very easily if you just uh, look for them. Most of the kind of monetizing idle games are on the mobile side nowadays, because it fits our mobile kind of behavior so well that it's short sessions, you open the game, you do something, and then you put the game away, that kind of style. There is some of the top performing ones are also still performing on Congregate and also on Steam. For example, Adventure Capitalist, I think it's doing pretty well on Steam as well. But the idle games are mostly mobile at the moment. Uh, there has, like, I'm gonna address this uh, uh, problem, or this uh, kind of like idle, are idle games or clickers or incremental games, are they actually games? I'm gonna address this by giving out a game definition I've, I've found uh, practical. There are some other definitions, but this is... Just to remind mind ourselves about the fact that what makes a game. So, first one is that the game should have a goal or a winning, winning condition. means that there is some objective you need to go after, or if it's a game that ends, uh, there needs to be an end state uh, for the game can also be a losing condition, but uh, usually you have winning and losing conditions, and so you don't lose always or you don't win always, anyway. A uh, game needs to be interactive, so instead of reading a book uh, in a game, if you kind of input something into the game system, uh, the feedback you get might vary, so you're, uh, if you're playing the game, usually you're playing it always in a different way, so there needs to be... a at least some interactivity in there. Uh, games also always need to have rules. If they don't have a single rule, uh, what's the game about then? Uh, what's the goal if you don't have any rules? Also, game. however you perform in the game uh, or how you play it, it should be somehow measurable. So in the beginning of times, usually it's just high score or points, but nowadays you can measure measure your success or progress in games in so, so, so many, many ways. Like, that's pretty much what all the achievements are based off in, in, like, wherever. Another thing for games is that when we are playing games, we're doing that for fun, so that's a leisure activity. That's not something you're... It's not your work, uh, in a sense. So you have to keep that in mind, that it's uh, for fun. Um, okay. Some uh, here's a picture of uh, our game. I will go into more detail about that later, but uh, just to, maybe the keywords or the main points of uh, what are the mechanics of in the idle games is first one is simple. And by looking at our player base and also getting a lot of uh, uh, kind of feedback and uh, seeing other people play the game. Usually they like our games and idle games in general, uh, or it might be the case that they like it because it's so simple that they can play it. Like looking at our player base, it almost feels like these idle games are the first digital games for those people. So you just have to—you might be a lot of you might be gamers. I'm a gamer, but you really have to really have to sometimes think think really simple games and those are the games that are the first games to some people then they might might become gamers but a lot of times these idle, idle games are so simple that they end up being the kind of first favorite game for some people and then they kind of start getting into mobile games for example like just looking at the uh, player base we have a pretty big group on facebook there's there's a from their comments and from their kind of how old they are it feels that actually quite a lot of old people play the game enjoy it because it's so simple and that it's the only game they play or it's the first game they play or something so that's something to keep in mind idle games are usually exponential and uh, incremental in a way that they are pretty resource heavy so usually just numbers so usually based on some some points or coins or whatever there is a lot of uh, like milestones and upgrades you need to reach, or levels, or stages, or all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of constantly achieving something. You're getting the next upgrade. You're getting the whatever, and usually the, these numbers, if it's money or something in some games, they start to be exponential. So they're pretty gratifying in a sense that you feel like you're constantly getting something from the game. And to the point of the simple as well, it's really hard to fail in an idle game. You're always making progress. You might be making progress faster. You might be making slower, but you're always succeeding. So, in a way, uh, that's also a good point for some players. That it's really nice to get into these games because you can't really fail. So that's the kind of challenge-free part. There is a lot of examples of. Uh, idle games where you can really get into being competitive and so on, but uh, like from the essence of it, from the beginning, they are pretty challenge-free. They also have a lot of automatic uh, mechanics, so something you probably did in the game kind of by hand is something that you can later automate, that you don't need to do the small details or the small second-to-second gameplay in that game anymore because you have unlocked a feature that automates it or something. So, usually you're kind of building your... Sometimes it's like a production machine in these idle games. And then one one really key uh, mechanic here that makes it really like especially good for mobile is that if you play the session of this game and you have optimized your profits or whatever and something is being generated for you all the time, if you put the game away, there is, there is a kind of an increasing reason to come back to the game. Because after a day, you will know that there's a lot of resources waiting for me in this game, and I can do a lot of decisions and get a lot of upgrades and a lot of rewards if I go back to this game. And even more if you go back to the game after a week or something. If you start to think about a lot of the mobile games, like how many mobile games have an increasing reason to come back to the game? Not, not so much. There's a, quite a bit of kind of this appointment mechanics that some chest opens tomorrow. that's like a, one example, but you can do a lot more as well. so usually uh, for for the best performing idle games, the retention rates can be pretty good like initially on in the first days as well. What the idle games kind of lack is a long term retention like day thirty and forward. but there's some also some examples and uh, features we can work to kind of make that even better. I will come back to that later. A key kind of a mechanic in these idle games is called... Uh, generally, it's called the prestige, and usually with the prestige, you have prestige currency or points. And what it means, that there is, on top of the res- resource you're kind of grinding all the time, if you kind of reach a point in the game where you feel that you can't progress anymore or you need some extra boost to get further in the game the prestige uh, points or currency is the Mm -hmm. mechanic for you to reset your progress back to the beginning of the game but then the resource you have grinded turns into this prestige currency which then usually gives you some kind of profit multiplier or some kind of boost, that when you start the game from the beginning again, you progress through it much faster, and then you get even further in the game.
0: All right. So that was four years ago and was about idle games. Now you have moved to merge genre. And how does the idle games field look like now? And do you still follow that?
1: Uh, it looks interesting because I've noticed uh, similar mechanics uh, going on in games that are origin- originally from another genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the genre in general, I think kind of, it had its peak popularity a few years ago when it was a new thing for a lot of the mobile game players.
0: Yeah, the idle games, yeah.
1: Yeah, so oh. then it has then become some of the like, Most successful idol games, I think, are still doing well and people are playing them a lot, but there hasn't really been new entries to the genre lately. So it it has kind of plateaued the kind of, as you would expect with any other kind of new genre up and coming and then kind of... So on and so on, but uh, now the trend with a lot of games is that since getting your game into the, like a new game into your market is super expensive and you're competing against big players in marketing and user yeah. acquisition, uh, the kind of trend seems to be that you have a long-standing established game, but you keep on adding like games inside it, like you could mm. call them mini games inside the game. But they're not so mini in <laughs> okay. these games. They can be quite big. Yeah. So that's kind of a trend that we are following. That there's a you have your game that's been running live for plus five years, but people mm. are still playing it, and they are also playing it because the game has a lot of mini games inside it, or a whole kind of new game inside it mm. that they can just spend time on it. So.
0: So once you acquired the audience, you kind of want to keep on to that and just provide new experiences. So that yeah,
1: they would... that, that seems to be working really yeah. well at the moment.
0: How, how was it? like? When did you actually transform from the idol game genre to merge?
1: Well, we were kind of, with our most successful idol game, we were kind of riding the wave and then we kind of noticed that the, we've kind of hit the ceiling or what we can achieve with this kind of a game. Then there was another genre in between uh, merge which was the battle battle royale genre (laughs) before we went into the merge genre we had a battlelands royale game Mm -hmm. that was writing the new kind of battle royale genre and a new set of ideas but uh, how we kind of ended up in merge was just well we're a pretty organic company so and we tend to follow what's happening in the market and what's happening in the mobile game. So we try to always like be in the right place at the right time. And it has worked quite well for us.
0: Yeah. So you kind of saw that the merge is coming and then you wanted to step on the surfboard and yes, <laughs> ride like, the wave, so to w- speak.
1: Yeah, we've never been locked into creating any certain kind of games. We've been al- always been curious and trying to hop on opportunity it's tough for a mobile game startup anyway Mm. so yeah this has been our our approach
0: so basically you had your idol games there was the audience and players kind of player base and community of of your players did you somehow did you were were you able to kind of transfer those people into merge genre you were talking in in your lecture that do, idle games are sometimes the first digital game experience that people have. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's the case also for Merge, but did you have like same users? Is, is it possible to even know?
1: Uh, it's not really possible to even know, but if you follow the kind of players and the player feedback you get, maybe you can get a sense of it. Yeah, I can for sure say that pretty much none of the idle gamers uh, transitioned into the battle royale <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I can,
1: uh, since idle games and uh, merging games are in the casual space yeah. and the audience is quite similar um, i think we are catering to a quite similar audience uh, in our case because the idle game was about farming and this merge game is about gardening but yeah. if, if the themes were completely different, then my answer would be also different. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty much the same kind of audience that plays Merge Gardens nowadays.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so at least like you could assume that there's an overlap of the same people, maybe, to yeah. some extent.
1: And if you play our idle, idle games, we have the farming one live at the moment. There's mm-hmm. a button in the corner that can take you to download Merge Gardens. So some, some amount of players are coming there every day.
0: Yeah, so, still, so you still have the idle game or yes. games uh, live?
1: Uh, one only, our best performing ones. So.
0: Right, the one with the garden team or the farming team. Farming team, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So how do you decide on the theme then? What kind of methods do you use for that?
1: Well, for Merch Gardens, like a bit over three years ago, it was very market-driven approach. Mm-hmm. And we did some tests with the user acquisition and kind of ad campaigns figure we knew that we wanted to do a merge game but we didn't know what what would be the theme we had like an uh, uh, like an how do you say it some kind of idea of what we would want to do yeah. but like choosing a theme that would have super hard or super like challenging user acquisition or in general a theme that is not very wide doesn't have wide appeal yeah it will be a really tough tough game project yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we want to do it right kind of right from the beginning and and test our assumptions mm. and we tried a lot of different themes and farming was also quite high but mm-hmm. gardening was higher in in our tests in our marketing tests and it was pretty clear winner we had stuff like about running a zoo or playing with candy and all things sweet uh, undersea things dinosaurs, magical things Alice Alice in Wonderland was kind of one theme there's many 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 different uh, themes in the test and gardening was the most uh, attractive to based on the tests we did and it also had the best match to our target audience
0: what we wanted to go after yeah i was like i'm I'm so sorry that i mixed the gardening and farming it seems that there is a big difference the, between these those two
1: yeah but in the in the game the kind of motivations yeah playing both kind of games are pretty much the same right yeah, like we're we have farming in our gardening gardening game also you can grow <laughs> Uh, fruits, you can grow vegetables, for example, in our yeah. gardening games. <laughs> Not that far, but that far. Uh, in a kind of business sense and, and uh, <laughs> the uh, genre and user acquisition, they can be quite different.
0: Oh, interesting. So uh, we've been talking about, about this before also, that you kind of use this A-B uh, testing type of thing for the themes. It's like, <clears throat> I think that the, a lot of the viewers or listeners are, our audience in games now don't necessarily know that this like it sounds so ridiculous. Why would you test the theme uh, instead of like just to have like test the gameplay itself. So can you just give us a little bit of understanding why, why do you why do you test the theme itself? like how do you do that even how do you go on with the testing the right kind of theme?
1: I think when it comes to mobile games or maybe even all the games you have to pick your battles. There's, like, hundreds of games being released every day on Google Play and App Store. Uh, we wanted to, uh, our battle was kind of, uh, we saw a so, uh, genre that is up and rising, that we also like to play, yeah. uh, like, super addictive to play some of those merch games. And we were like, wow, this is something we can do better or we can do something interesting there. So that was kind of obvious uh, what we wanted to do in a way. But then the theme is something that is dependent on what are the competitors doing, what are players after, like if people don't like gardening, (laughs) you maybe shouldn't do a game about it. But gardening as a theme, like is an example of a theme of like, is there someone who doesn't even like, doesn't like gardening? I don't (laughs) think there's such people. But if we had a had a theme like dinosaurs, we mm. would already like, not everyone likes dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, so there <laughs> is like active dislike towards <laughs> yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah, that's that's yeah.
1: the way, that's very, very well put because yeah. you cannot actively dislike gardening. So, which means that the theme has <laughs> pretty wide appeal.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's someone that actively super much hate <laughs> yes. that, but I understand what you're trying to say <laughs> yes. here. So this is like very interesting. So how do you how, how do you build up that a kind of a testing case to to check which could you just watch the like top crossing list and just make your uh, assumptions there? Why did you do your own testing?
1: So uh, how we approached to creating a new merch game was that or testing what kind of merge game would be interesting to our target audience was to first figure out what they're doing now, what kind of games they are playing, and is there some areas that are un, under kind of represented? Mm. Uh, in thematically. The, yeah, yeah, thematically, or then genre. Well, genre, we kind of decided already that it's yeah. going to be a merge one. <laughs> and then after that, uh, what is very kind of key to a successful free-to-play mobile game is that how much on average do you need to spend on marketing to get downloads? Mm. And this is the main question. And what affects downloads is how attractive your name of the game, the icon, the screenshots, Mm. the ad creatives are. Mm. So we ran tests on Facebook where we spent quite a lot of significant amount of money to do ads about a merge game with different themes, and then we measured how many people view them and how many people click on them.
0: Hmm. So you get the understanding what the actual game would then be receiving. Yeah,
1: we could see that from the themes we tested, uh, the best performing one, gardening, was like ten times better than another test uh, theme we we tested. And it would have been really bad business to pick the (laughs) 10 times worse theme. We wouldn't have a successful game.
0: Yeah, what was the second uh, runner-up?
1: Second runner-up, I think, was farming, because (laughs) farming is always... Everyone likes farming. Yeah. It has wide appeal. The gardening and farming were quite close, but then we just kind of asked ourselves, like, do we want to make a gardening game or a farming game? And Mm. we felt that a gardening merge game would have way more kind of opportunities to utilize the theme in the long run for yeah. example but then there was a uh, like candy and sweet mm. was also something you cannot actively dislike <laughs> <laughs> so that theme was quite high up on the list as well but yeah. Uh, yeah not not as high as gardening so
0: yeah, it's like what's wrong with you if you hate candies? So.
1: <laughs> but it, uh, but this is just one test. Uh, kind of gave us a lot of information. Yeah. But it can really affect a lot because you're not only testing the theme there. You're also mm. testing like there's a merch game in there,
0: mm. and that yeah.
1: does it fit with some kind of theme? That's what you're also testing, and you're yeah. also testing: Do people even are they even interested in merch games?
0: Oh, right, Yeah. So That's if a- you
1: would do like a racing game with gardening theme, <laughs> that would be an interesting test to do. But um, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, might might not. You you could kind of intuitively already say that might not really work. Right? Yeah, might not. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't spend ten uh, k on doing a marketing test on that.
0: <laughs> right. So that sounds already kind of like. So far from, for instance, if somebody does like indie artsy games and they kind of, this is like super fine detail hunting with the different methods. Um, how do you personally feel like a, as, a, as a kind of a long term game designer already, Then how does it feel for you? Like, is it interesting to just run this test and see what you could do, the small tweaks? Or does it like does it soul crush you like some people <laughs> no, would say?
1: No, definitely not soul crushing. I would like our game to be as, as accessible as many people as possible, and that's just the first step to get them to download the game. Then the fun kind of happens when they're playing it, and when I'm creating content for the yeah. game, and also like in a way. I think a lot of game genres and mechanics, they always have something interesting going on. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I can work on any kind of game and find something interest, interesting in, in it. So yeah. I'm very happy working with a gardening game because it also means that, uh, for example, we have a lot of players. I, I can do something and we can put it in an update. And I can see thousands of people reacting to what I just did in the game. Yeah, it's very yeah. gratifying in the mobile free-to-play kind of games industry that you can have such a big player base. Yeah. And you you can see since the update cycles in mobile games can be quite short as well. And you're doing a lot of changes and tweaks and events all the time. So you can get kind of constant feedback from the players. Yeah. That's the kind of... One of the greatest part. Of D-
0: designer's profession. And yeah,
1: that's like the fun part, or the gratifying, or the interesting part.
0: So you of times you have your own idle game <laughs> happening yes. in your yes. career. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of games you actually play yourself? Uh, I, I think that PUBG type of uh, gameplay experience is close to your heart, right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, historically for some reason I've been just playing a lot of shooter games. Yeah, and. Babchi is interesting also because I just happen to have colleagues who also like the game. So that is kind of the go-to game. And it's mostly just having fun together than playing babchi in a way. But there's other games like League of Legends that I also play with my colleagues. And Mm. usually I prefer the games that I play with my friends. I'm not that much of a single player at the moment. There's a Mm. lot of great games that I just like, meh. I'm. am just gonna have more fun playing with my friends than playing a single-player game. Right. But on a on a high level, I try to follow all kinds of games coming out, uh, test them out, always a little bit on mobile games, uh, download a bunch of games, and just play them a little bit to see what's going on and so on. So it's good to have your like senses out of what's kind of happening. Yeah.
0: So between the idle game and the merge genre, you had the what is a Battle Royale type yeah. of experience? So a little bit close to the PUBG, right? But yeah. simplified?
1: <laughs> yes, very much simplified. The, <laughs> yeah. the kind of tagline was to do PUBG done right on mobile or something. I'm not sure, but
0: That's very maybe
1: it's like Battle it's Royale sticky. done right on yeah. mobile. That what well, that was probably it, so.
0: Yeah.
1: We, we thought that, uh, and we did really well with it. So we made Battle Royale into a snacks, snack-sized kind of mobile game experience.
0: Is that game still up and running, or is it like...
1: Sadly, it's not not running. We got millions of millions of downloads, and it had a good run. But the uh, genre has kind of consolidated into a few top performers. Right. And if you're not PUBG, or Karena Free Fire, or Fortnite, or maybe there's Brawl Stars, you can maybe put into the same category. If you're not one of those games, you have a tough time.
0: Right, so you have to kill the game and, and move on.
1: Yeah. The, yeah, that's how it is.
0: How did that feel when you kind of had to move on to the next stuff? Uh, I don't know if you were in that team, but...
1: Uh, I wasn't part of that team, but the uh, kind of approach at Future Play has always kind of been that we kind of iterate on things. We don't lock <laughs> ourselves too long into some things. So right. We're pretty good at moving on.
0: Oh, that's... Maybe like,
1: you could say that.
0: That's like a survival skill or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess... Um, um, one question would be, it's a little bit related to your lecture. You had your game definition there. Is that applicable also now? Do you still find it useful? Is there something like updates that you want, want to kind of add to it? I think that you specifically said that games, the definition that you have, that, it's, that you play them for fun. Um, but you worked on serious games field before this. So mm, yeah. how would you kind of tap onto that part? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was only really uh, describing a kind of a definition that was useful to me at
0: At the time. time. (laughs) It's
1: kind of a disclaimer. Now the definition can be anything, but (laughs) I just define the point of time when it's useful to me.
0: (laughs) Is it still useful?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think also personally playing games and developing games most of the time should be fun. Like you are not in that serious of a business that you should be crunching or if you're playing a game you'll get mega annoyed or if you noticed yourself just mainly getting annoyed by, by some game just stop playing. <laughs> it's <laughs> supposed to be fun. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So that's uh, the some usefulness kind of from that. I, yeah. I have the history of working on many different applied games. Yeah. I think applied games is maybe the best term at the moment right. <laughs> for those and those are also I would say fun, mm. but it's the design intention is more. What would you say? Utility, not utility. utility something, you can uti- an, yeah. something you can utilize. Yeah. Instead of being enter- entertained
0: merely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think that uh, yeah, we we reflected quite a lot already, um, understanding where the idol is, or is kind of seeing how it's normal for the companies to move from one point to another, finding the next wave, or maybe just, you know, chasing something that you want to do personally. Um, So I think that the kind of the last question, because there's so much more to embark on this and to discuss, but I think that the main purpose here is to kind of reflect how the future and the trends works. Mm. So how do you, when you say that Future Play is kind of following this different trend, so how do you actually follow the trends? How do you find the next wave?
1: Uh, I think it comes down to our company having a lot of smart people (laughs) who who really love games and also love to follow what's happening in the games and also in the industry, meaning what's happening in the market. So I don't actively spend time figuring out what's the kind of next interesting thing, but it everyone has a kind of a curious mind, so it yeah. kind of just emerges quite often, or so far it has emerged, yeah. uh, which is quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't like actively do that that more. Maybe nowadays, since we are got, uh, we were acquired by Plarium a year mm-hmm. ago. Much bigger company with like actual research departments, a lot of people just looking at what's happening in the games, like actually just playing the games every day, figuring yeah. out what's going on and what's happening in the research. So now there's a much more kind of information to maybe do a bit more informed hunches
0: and decisions. <laughs> I don't yeah. know
1: if there's a thing called the informed hunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now but there yeah, is. Now there is. Yeah. So basically, the the bigger company the acquisition helps you to also follow the trends more, uh, like precisely or efficiently. I don't know what the adjective yeah, would be here. Yeah?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely, they are um, really, really good at research. Yeah.
0: So um, you you mentioned that they play games, but is there like also the analytics of the of your own games and uh, the portfolio that the company has, and maybe like uh, looking at the top crossing and all all those other fields? Like, how does that work?
1: All of that happens mm. with them nowadays because uh, they've done it for so much longer than we have. Yeah. And they have, they have a lot of their own games also and their other studios have a lot of games. So they're working across many different genres, kind of yeah. combining information and so on and so on. But we have like dedicated people who we talk to maybe every... Every two weeks, right, sit yeah. down on what we want to understand next. Yeah. And then, then we make it happen.
0: That's pretty kind of a short cycle to say, like every two weeks. Is there well, anything happening in two weeks in these cases?
1: Well, I think uh, the two weeks is maybe just like a sync on what's going on. Right. But maybe every month or so we get an actual analysis and then sit yeah. down and do the takeaways and so on and so on.
0: So you don't, you, don't have to, you can just lay back on your own <laughs> living room and not to follow too much of, of yourself because it kind of comes to your table at the moment. Yeah.
1: Well let's put it this way that there's never a problem. well, I don't think it ever, ever has existed, but there's always something to do on the game yeah. that would make the game better, and you're just getting like more informed on how the game would be better. It's a nice situation to be in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Luxuries, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I guess uh, thanks for the reflections and all this kind of uh, information tidbits. And uh, Thank you. is there anything you want to say for someone kind of wanted to go to the merge or idle games field at the moment that where, where should they start digging?
1: Uh, I think the idle games is an established genre I think it's still very interesting and a lot of fun. So I would happily work on an idle game now, for example. So if you're going into that direction, sounds like fun. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Merge games, a lot of still room to conquer, let's say. Competitors coming from here and there. And also established games... Like Homescapes has a merge game inside it nowadays yeah. that was interesting to us, for example. So a lot of things happening in the merge genre, so interesting area to be. And yeah. if if you, want, if you would like to work on merge games, for example, you can apply to us. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's not the only game, uh, kind of games we're doing, but right now uh, we're very much focused on merge yeah. games and um, So you're hiring, basically. Yes, we're
0: hiring. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thank you, Tatu, so much for joining back and uh, hopefully see you soon somewhere in in Games Now events, for instance. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.